You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty Fields and Alora Rain. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to receive notifications of our future weekly episodes. Visit Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab a tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. Don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Mamir's Well, where we explore taboo topics in the witchcraft community. And if you like to get your hands on supplemental Book of Shadows pages, as well as exclusive mini-sodes and merchandise, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burninghallows. Now onto the show. What is one tool besides the broom that's inseparably linked to the witch throughout history? The cauldron, of course. So in this episode of our popular Witches Tools series, we sidle up hearthside and peer into the inky depths of the cauldron. We will explore its mystical origins, symbolism, folklore, and provide our listeners with unique and powerful ways in which to use it in modern witchcraft. So grab your cauldron and settle in for a transformational time. All right, the cauldron bubbles. (laughs) Toil and trouble. (laughs) So do you have a cauldron that you use in your practice? I do. I have a cast iron cauldron that I use specifically for burning things in like incense, papers, candles, even just depending on what I'm doing that I guess I would call that like my strictly magical cauldron. But then I Mm. also have a Dutch oven that I use in my kitchen for like my cooking and baking purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I have like a small terracotta pot like it's i don't know pot bowl whatever mm-hmm. for the burning stuff definitely i don't look the cauldron that i want is massive and expensive so that has not been acquired yet but one day i will have it <laughs> and what would you do with it if it's is it massive like would you put it on an open fire or yes that's the kind yeah i know what you're talking about Yeah, I like, look, it's not the kind in the movies, okay? I'm not talking about that. But it is rather large and rather expensive because it's cast iron. Mm -hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if everybody else would, but essentially it's used a lot for camping and things like that. I was going to say outside, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so for now, it's just (laughs) my kitchen, my, what is it called? Stockpot in the kitchen. And then I've got a terracotta bowl, like large bowl that I use for burning magical petitions and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I consider those cauldrons. Yes. Yes, I do. All right. So the history of the cauldron, do you mean to take the first part? Yes. Okay. So a cauldron is defined as a large metal pot with a lid and handle used to cook over an open fire. The cauldron dates back to at least the late Bronze Age and was used for cooking and brewing purposes, obviously. The term cauldron is derived from Old Norse and Germanic words meaning hot place. 
which is interesting. Hmm. The term kettle is actually related to cauldron. And fun fact, if your name is Corey, you are inherently linked to the cauldron since the word for cauldron in Middle Irish is Corey. Hmm. See, so at a time when electricity didn't exist and survival during the cold months depended on fire, the cauldron was a symbol of protection and life. The cauldron mm. came as a welcome change to cooking. After many, many years, people used an earthenware pot to heat their food and, and their brews. This was more difficult because it required dropping hot stones into the pot to cook whatever was inside. So the cauldron came along and made cooking and brewing much easier. And it came to be associated with women's magic and eventually the witch's magic. Hmm. Love that for us. Yeah, I know, right? So Gundestrup cauldron. The most famous of all ancient cauldrons found is the Gundestrup cauldron, a silver vessel circa 200 BC. And it was discovered in Himmerland, Denmark, near Gundestrup. The significance of this cauldron is its imagery, a combination of Thracian and Gaulish symbols, including elephants, dolphins, bulls, dogs, boars, and male and female figures. More famously, the horned Celtic god Kernunos is thought to be a cross-legged figure on one of the cauldron's panels. The intricate metallurgy suggests the cauldron's use as a spiritual tool. I think I've seen this before. Oh, yeah. It's the most famous cauldron. Like most people, if you even looked anything up about Carnunos, you've seen this cauldron. Yeah. But I also think, but, mm, but I don't think that I was introduced to this through witchcraft, actually. I think that I was introduced to this through one of my archaeology classes at university. More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, what's interesting about it is the combination of animals on it. So there, if you think about it, they have elephants, dolphins, bulls, dogs, and boars all on this cauldron. Well, elephants were obviously African, right? Right. Not, not in Denmark at that time. So obviously there was some travel going on there. Yeah, right. For sure. I mean, it points to the fact that people have been traveling to far mm. off places for a very long time. Right. So. Yes. All right. So another, well, two other famous cauldrons in history are the Lisdrum Turk cauldron and the Leicestershire cauldron. These were made in the late Bronze Age and found in a peat bog in County Monaghan, Ireland. Of course it was a peat bog. Of course. <laughs> Let me restate that. The Lisdrum Turk cauldron was the one that was made in the late Bronze Age and found in Ireland in the peat bog. Moreover, there were 11, there were 11 iron cauldrons found at the site in Leicestershire, England that were from the Iron Age. And mm. I believe all of these were actually more of a practical nature as opposed to the gunstrip cauldron, which was used as a spiritual tool because it was just so intricately decorated. Mm. So if you want to look up cauldrons from history, just to see what they look like, then everybody can look those up. 
So symbolism of the cauldron is for one wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Fill our minds. Also regeneration and rebirth since the cauldron is seen as the womb. Mm -hmm. Also transformation and alchemy because, I mean, we put raw ingredients in there and what comes out is completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Associate it with cooking, same kind of concept there. Gods and goddesses associated with the cauldron would be Caridwin, mm-hmm. the cauldron of inspiration called Awen, mm-hmm. Medea, who was a priestess of Hecate, uses her cauldron to try to destroy King Peleus. Yeah. And then the Dagda is said to have a cauldron that never runs out of food, heals all who need healing, and grants everlasting life. Yeah, I thought that one was pretty cool. Then there's Bronn's cauldron. Bronn is from the Welsh pantheon. And his Mm. cauldron is said to bring dead warriors back to life. Except when they return from the cauldron of rebirth, they're unable to speak. Hmm. Author John Matthews theorizes this is because they aren't to speak of the great mysteries of the other world. They are only to be experienced. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. Well, John Matthews is, if I don't know if anybody's read his work, he does a lot of Celtic fairy tale and mythology retellings. Yeah, right. In addition, the so the stories of King Arthur and the Holy Grail the cup was once described as a cauldron. That's interesting. I know how things change over time, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we get to our, one of our favorite authors, Linda Radish in her book, night of the witches, which is about Walpurgis, not the Frankish tribes from ancient times, called men who carried cauldrons for witches a very special term, the Chervo Burgum. Sadly, this wasn't a compliment. It was actually meant as an insult. And yet okay. we know other men of magical traditions enjoyed using and kept the cauldron sacred. So I think this might have been like a punishment to certain individuals back in the day, specifically men that had done things wrong it was a job that they were to take on in service. And that would be to carry around these very heavy cauldrons for the women who were to use them. Also in my research on cauldrons, the Rosicrucians said, we claim the cauldron of the witches as in the original, the vase or urn of the fiery transmigration in which all things of the world change basically transformation, right? Yes, exactly. And I think the cauldron is interesting too, because you have the merging of different elements. So the fire that heats it, water or food and or food that you put inside. Yeah. So yeah, kind of cool. And then the magical uses of the cauldron extend beyond just that transformation, right? Mm-hmm. There's like we talked about at the beginning, there's heaps of different kinds of cauldrons, right? 
cast iron, Dutch ovens, stock pots, which I have crock pots, instant pots. I mean, anything like that can be used as a cauldron. Yeah. Anything that's a vessel that's similar to a pot that can be heated. Yeah. Consider a cauldron. You could, you could consider it your cauldron. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of caring for your cast iron cauldron? Because they're not, you can't put, you can't put them in the, in the dishwasher. Yeah. You don't want it to any kind of cast iron, any skillet or cauldron or anything of anything that's made of cast iron. You cannot put soap on. First of all, if you go to wash it in the sink, you can only use water. Yeah. You don't use soap ever because it basically strips the uh, the seasoning off of it and it will rust. Mm. I had to Most learn that the hard way because no one, I didn't know about cast iron and the first cast iron skillet I ever got, I washed it and was like, why is it all rusty? <laughs> <laughs> well, so growing up, my mama only used cast iron. Yeah. So I think it's changed now that we're, you know, adults, but when I was a kid, I mean, I actually don't know, but when I was a kid, they didn't come pre-seasoned. Like Mm -hmm. that's something you had to do, Mm -hmm. which required like, I don't even remember. I think it was like oil and the oven and. Yeah. So my, actually my cast iron cauldron, I call it a cauldron. It's a three-legged like Dutch oven, like for outside open fires, but it's not huge. It's, you know, relatively small, I guess, medium size, but it did not come seasoned. So I actually had to rub it down with, I think I used shortening and then I put it on the grill outside to season it. But there's a certain temperature you have to use and things like that. You definitely want to do your research if you're going to be seasoning your own stock pot or cauldron or Dutch oven or whatever it is that you're using that's cast iron. But I think, I mean, there's a lot that already come pre-seasoned, but some don't. So you just have to be aware. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you clean it, like we said, you don't use soap. You never put in the dishwasher. I basically just wipe it out with a, a wet cloth if I can. There's another way that you can use some oil and actually put some salt in it and run it in the oven which like cleans out the extra funk in it if you really need a deep cleaning. But again, do your research on that. Yeah, definitely make sure that you, yeah, pay attention to the instructions. Mm -hmm. And you may also just want to do a little bit of research on your own Mm -hmm. outside before you uh, obtain anything cast iron. Correct. Yeah, because there's a specific way to care for it, right? So you don't ruin it. All right. Do you separate... You're magical from your kitchen witch cauldrons. I think you already kind of went over that. You do, right? Yes, but no. Like, okay, so why I say that. So, look, anything that has to go on my stove, mm-hmm. which includes simmer pots. Oh. So, like, if it's a magical simmer pot, that will go into my stock pot as well. Oh, yeah. And then it'll get washed, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that needs fire to work goes on my stove. Correct. Me too. Like with liquid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Whereas if I'm burning a petition, dry ingredients, things that can be used with charcoal and things like that, that goes into my earthen bowl with yeah. some sand. Or um, the exact same. I do the same exact way. Yeah. What? Magical twins. Winning. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. Duh. So being that we just went over a little bit of the magical uses, what, what are some other magical uses for the witch's cauldron today? We've said burning petition papers, burning like incense on charcoals. I've even used it to do specific candle spells, like where I was doing oh, yeah. candles. Yeah. That's another. Okay. So I don't have, yeah, actually I do have one here. I don't use it often, but to anybody out there, especially if you are a candle maker as well. So like the, I don't want to say Instapots, but they're small slow cookers, right? They're not like the giant ones. They're three or four quart. You can actually do candle magic in those, which I prefer because what I do is I will layer the bottom of that with aluminum foil. Mm-hmm. for the wax. And then I'll just stick the whole thing in there. couple reasons. One wax drip. Yeah, two, I was say you could probably read it. Yeah. Yeah. And two to put like to further prevent fire hazard. Yeah. That makes sense. I have done that before. Great practical tips. I love it. I'm trying to think what else I use a cauldron for. Of course, cooking. We know that. Mm-hmm. My Dutch oven um, gets used in the kitchen. I have a Lake Crusette. It's like the, the fancy brand, you know, I got it. I as know. A gift. I've seen it. It's <laughs> like, fire engine red. Yeah. So is the price. No, <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm, I'm blessed that I have it, but, but I, I don't, I use that for soups, stews. I do simmer pots in there. I do. I've done bread actually too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. I would be like soupy meat dish too. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. I was just going to say, I would totally be more of a kitchen witch if the tools were actually less expensive, (laughs) like especially this day and age, because I cannot afford a thousand dollar stand mixer. No, that's crazy. I feel like I got quite a few of my tools before like the major inflation that we've been having happened. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's insane. Insane. So uh, I guess it's, you know, you use what you have, right? It's not like, which is you don't need past went out and got like a lake crusette. (laughs) Just, but I do think like over time, right. When you use, different vessels for magical work, whether it's in the kitchen or not, you kind of inadvertently dedicate them to such uses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even though you may not be consciously doing that subconsciously, you're always reaching for that particular pot or pan or whatever. For sure. I always say whenever I pull my Dutch oven out in the kitchen, it like immediately lifts my mood. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like a whole experience. I don't know. <laughs> like pull it out and sing, you know, singing happens. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, there's so much you can do with a cauldron. 
stock pot, vessel, Dutch oven, whatever the heck you have, the mm. sky's the limit. <laughs> well, should we wrap it up? Thank you everybody for tuning in. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and give us a review so that we are more visible on your favorite podcast app. Check out the links for this episode in the info box and tune in next week for another episode. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.